that was terrific. Man alive. Well, thank you all very much. If you have your Bible, we're in Psalms 127, verse 2. There's a lot of different translations. I looked through a number of different Bibles. I'm going to use this one. God grants sleep to those he loves. God grants sleep to those he loves. The title of my message today is, What's Wrong with America? In the past, there were no televisions. You know that. I remember when uh, my family, my mom and dad, my brother and I, would sit in chairs in a semicircle around the radio. And we would look at the radio. And uh, on Saturday night, there was a program called The Shadow. The Shadow Knows. Do you, do, does anybody remember that? My goodness. That was my favorite show. The Shadow Knows. It was great. Well, there were no cars when our grandparents were young. So people didn't travel very much. There was no such thing as a daily newspaper. If you wanted to see some of the news, you had to go to a movie. And they would have a 10-minute thing before the movie about the news. And I just love that. I got to see some things around the world that obviously I'd never seen before. It was just great, I thought. Boy, we have made some real strides forward, I was thinking. Nobody knew all the bad things that were happening around the world. Churches were the center of community life. And everyone knew everyone. Not hardly any crime. If you did something wrong, the neighbors would tell on you. And uh, they ganged up against us kids. And uh, we couldn't get away with anything. No crime. With no electricity, everybody pretty much went to bed when the sun went down. Everyone had enough sleep. There wasn't any insomnia or ulcers. Everybody just got a good night's sleep. People live slower, more deliberate lives. People had time to help their neighbors. Churches had uh, social activities that were a lot of fun. And the food was always good. Maybe there were one or two that uh, weren't good cooks. But you'd find out who they were soon. And you just wouldn't get their dish. That's how that went. Everything wasn't great in the past. Uh, there were some terrible diseases that spread across our country that you are well aware of. My granddad was an MD, and he didn't have any antibiotics. Can you imagine that? He didn't have any of the big machines that we see in hospitals today. He didn't have any of that. But the past did have a certain charm to it that uh, we loved. Everybody had supper together, and everybody could be heard from at the supper table at night. No one uh, was on drugs. Hardly anybody uh, lived in a town of over a 1,000 people. Uh, hardly any places were overpopulated. I don't know the statistics, but I imagine that New York City and Boston were the largest uh, cities in our country. Nobody was killed in traffic accidents because nobody had cars. 
In the third world countries today, a lot of things are are like they were in our lives a long, long time ago. People sit and talk. They watch their children play. They walk without hurry. And they sleep full nights. Some of our missionaries go to third world countries. At first, uh, they are a bit offended because of the backwardness of everything around them. But as they stay, they fall in love with the culture. If you didn't have television and phones and shopping centers and big cars and all of that, your inner life obviously would get a lot more attention, which would be good. A midday nap is really Good for you. Leisure time gives us an opportunity to meditate, to listen to God more, to reflect on our priorities. You know, every six months, we ought to go over our priorities and and say, well, now, did I accomplish that one? Am I short on that one? Do I need to do that one better? Uh, And then, of course, there's sleep. We really need our sleep. A large percentage of Americans are sadly out of shape and have diminished physical energy reserves. Others, such as mothers of newborns and those who work uh, two or three jobs, uh, are chronically sleep-deprived. Still others suffer from chronic overeating. These three factors, poor conditioning, sleep deprivation, and obesity, constitute a physical energy desert with important spiritual ramifications. Lacking physical energy, we feel underrested and overwhelmed. We have no strength left over for our needs let alone the needs of others. You know, we can't get it together ourselves. And then somebody comes and says, well, we want you to do this for them. And uh, you just can't do it because you're so tired. How can we minister to anybody if we are worn out, depressed, and lethargic? How can we do it? We can't. Today, we have diseases of lifestyle. What's wrong in America? Well, we have diseases of lifestyle. That's what's wrong. Uh, We live in a free land, and that's wonderful. Very few people around the world have that uh, wonderful situation where they live. We live in the finest country in the world, and we ought to be very, very thankful to be here. I certainly am, and I know you are. If you've traveled a lot, then uh, you've noticed how good we have it here. It's just unbelievable. Um, Things are free here, but we do have these diseases of lifestyle. And I want to go over a few of those with you this morning. Number one is stress-induced illnesses. A high percentage of patients today, when they go to their primary care physician, uh, they have stress-related illnesses, headaches, 
ulcers, malaise, insomnia, chronic pain syndrome. Do you have that? Depression and eating disorders such as anorexia and bulimia. We have those things. Secondly is a lack of sexual restraint. There are over 20 different infections that can be caught in a single sexual encounter. Of course, there are also the problems of teenage pregnancy. I remember in a church I pastored years ago, there was a girl uh, that seemed to me like she was just a little little girl, and she was pregnant. And I thought, good night. How is that going to work out? I mean, that's not going to be good for her, for the baby, for the parents who are having to take care of both of them. This just isn't going to go well. And that's happening all over our country every day. And, of course, there are those that have abortion after abortion after abortion. There are those that have AIDS, and they are spreading that, of course, across our country. Third is illicit drug use. This affects every segment of our society. During the 1960s, only 5% of the United States population had an experience with illegal drugs. When I was in high school, we didn't know about drugs. We didn't have any drugs. We didn't know about drugs. Uh, Nobody was on drugs. Well, in the 70s, 10% of the Americans had had an experience with illegal drugs. In the 80s, it was 37% of our people. America today has the highest illegal drug rate of any industrialized country in the world. What is it that makes people feed at a poisoned trough? That's an important question that we think about. And here, perhaps, is the answer to it. People take drugs to escape from a less than pleasant reality, which can be, of course, a thousand different things. Number four is smoking-related diseases. Tobacco kills 350,000 people. In America every year. Every year. Uh, Making it the leading cause of premature death in the United States. When my brother was uh, 50, he had to have a lobe of his lung taken out. uh, Because it was filled with cancer. He had been smoking since he left high school and moved to the University of Illinois to go to school. Heavy smoker all his life. Three years ago, I stood at his bedside as he died of lung cancer. It was a horrible, horrible death. Well, we still have, even after the Surgeon General told us all that smoking can and would be fatal in many, many lives, We have 50 million smokers in the United States. 
Smoking, now listen to this. This is an unbelievable statistic. Smoking kills more people every year than cocaine and heroin and AIDS and traffic accidents and murder and terrorist acts combined. You add all those up, it doesn't add up to 350,000 every year. Let me say something. I don't mean to cause any problem in your family or anything. But secondhand smoke might kill your mate or your children. And that's a heavy weight to carry. Number five, alcohol abuse is the second leading cause of premature death in the United States with 10 million alcoholics today in America. Alcohol abuse abuse is implicated in half of the homicides in America, half of the suicides in America, and half of the automobile fatalities in America. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, Our bodies are the temple of God, the temple of God, and we need to take care of what God has given us. Well, how do we fix What's wrong in America? Well, the first thing I want to mention is ideally that we would sleep seven or eight hours a night, every night. We live in a drowsy America. There used to be a people here, a person here in our church that uh, every Sunday, when the service started, it wasn't me because it started before I even got up. His head would go back and his mouth would open real wide and he would sleep through the whole thing. And uh, I thought, we live in a drowsy America. Economic forces have turned us into a 24-hour society. There's stuff going on all the time now. Sleep disorders involve more than 50 million Americans. Psalms 127, verse 2, our text for today says, God grants sleep to those he loves. Shift workers miss five extra days of work each year because of total fatigue. They just can't get up. They're so tired, they just literally cannot get out of bed. The body can bounce back. God designed it that way. We can do that. Many people in contemporary society have negative attitudes towards sleep, if you can believe it. Some very, very productive people feel like sleep is a waste of time. And they just work and work and work. Listen, sleep is God's idea, not ours. It's his idea, and he gave it to us. God grants sleep to those he loves. To sleep sleep soundly for a full night is a valuable uh, restorative gift that each one of us can have. Don't engage in disturbing conversations right before you go to bed. 
I was counseling a couple years ago, and they said they were fighting every night, every night. And I said, uh, are you talking about after supper? And they said, no, when we get in bed. <laughs> we fight every night. And so I finally said, well, what, what are you fighting about? And she said, well, last night he told me that the supper I fixed made him almost throw up. And I thought, well, I can understand a little of that. (laughs) You know, sometimes we are sort of busy and we don't really talk until we get in bed at night. And uh, that's the exactly wrong time to bring up anything that's going to cause a problem. That's the worst time you can do it because you need the sleep. In fact, you need to say the sweetest thing that you're going to say over a 24-hour period when you turn off the light. You know, you need to say to the other person, you know, I really appreciate the work you did today. I really appreciate the way you keep our house uh, neat and tidy. I appreciate the way you keep the lawn right. I appreciate the positive things that you say about me regularly. I appreciate the fact that our neighbors all think highly of you, and it's because you're such a wonderful person. That's why they do it. You know, the the last thing perhaps we ought to do at night is to pray together. Cindy and I pray together every night. We've been doing it ever since we got married, and it's a real plus in our lives. It's a, it's a wonderful thing, and we don't pray a long time. We don't do 30-minute prayers. We pray for a short time, and then we go to sleep. We're in a good mood, and it makes all the difference in the world. Number two, take personal responsibility. Until we do that, our physical and emotional and spiritual health will continue to have great problems. If you're underslept and overweight and unexercised, it is your responsibility, not somebody else's responsibility, it's your responsibility to change that. Just as the body is yours, so is the responsibility. Number three... We need to change bad habits. You say, well, I've been working on that for years, and they haven't changed much. (laughs) Poor nutrition, poor exercise patterns, poor sleep hygiene. These are called habit disorders. One of the things that really helps is to surround yourself with a subculture of people that will support the positive changes that are going on in your life. They support those things rather than put you down or make fun of you for doing those things. Perhaps the most spiritual thing that you can do for your mate is to get them to sleep, to eat right, and to exercise. 
If you really love them, you will get them to do those three things. One bad habit is to stay in bed if you have insomnia. You need to get up. If you're tossing around, tossing around, get up, read something, write a letter, take a walk, play relaxing music, meditate, pray, memorize scripture. But don't just lay there and flip back and forth. That doesn't help anything. Don't oversleep. Oversleep will make you feel worse rather than better. Extra sleeping causes tiredness. Headaches are much more common with excess sleep. Just take a nap. If you've had enough sleep but you're tired, take a nap. But don't take over a one-hour nap. Or you get into the thing where you've slept too much and you start having headaches and whatnot. If you want to sleep better, you know the main thing you ought to do? You ought to exercise. One of the first benefits people notice when they begin an exercise program is that they sleep much better. Healthy physical tiredness has no equal to a sleep-inducing sedative. Obvious nutritional steps. You want to decrease your fat intake, decrease your sugar intake, replace snacks with fruit. Did you know that cookies cost on average $4 per pound? Bananas cost 45 cents per pound. And they're a whole lot better for you. Avoid overeating. Now, I know uh, we've all tried various diets through the years. I want to give you another one. Okay, I've got the 101st one. Uh, use a small plate. Put your fork down between every bite. Don't take seconds. Always sit down to eat. Don't eat in front of a television. And don't snack. If you do those things, all the experts in the field say that you'll lose a bunch of weight. Doesn't cost a dime. You know, it's unbelievable to me. People send off and get these diet things that are very expensive. If you'll do what I just mentioned, it won't cost you a dime. And uh, and you'll lose a lot of weight right away, I promise, if you'll do it. Drink a lot of water, six to eight glasses a day. If you are overweight, drink a, lo- drink a large glass of water right before you sit down to eat. It's a myth that exercise increases your appetite. In most cases, vigorous exercise diminishes your appetite. We cannot be spiritually right and in a ministering mindset if so many of these physical and emotional things are wrong in our lives. God made your body so wonderfully complex. It says in Psalms 139, we need to take care of of our bodies. God loves you 
And he wants you to have a good night's sleep. And I hope you will. Today, if you're here in the house and you have been visiting with us for a while and you like it, you've perhaps made even some friends here, I I hope you have, we want to invite you to come and join with us and to be a part of our family. Uh, It'll be a great fellowship for you and we'll just love having you here as a part of our family. We hope as we do in every service, that if there's anyone in the house that hasn't trust in Christ as their Lord and Savior, that they would do that. It's not hard. It's another one of those things that doesn't cost a dime. Uh, You know, you might ask yourself, well, what do I have to lose here? Nothing. What do I have to gain? Everything. You know, maybe this would be a good day for you to come and make a public profession of your faith. Say, I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life. Maybe you'd want to come down to the front and kneel at one of these benches and rededicate your life to the Lord. Whatever the Lord leads you to do, I pray that you do it during these coming moments. I'm going to stand down here at the front. Just slip down, slip forward. Take a stand for Christ today. Let's stand together as we sing.